Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey, happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Thanks so much for listening in. Honored that you would take some time out as you prepare and get ready for this weekend uh, at your church. We're super privileged to have Mike Lynch with us today, a pastor from North Star Church in Kennesaw, Georgia. Mike, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, Rich. Honored to be on here and glad to be back with you. No, I'm so glad uh, to have you here. Now, one of the things I love about North Star is I think a lot of churches talk about um, kind of being engaged in the community, but but uh, Mike and his team at North Star, really for their whole existence, really even before Mike was there, really has been so um, com- committed to connecting with their community. And so we're looking forward to digging into that uh, today. Why don't we tell? Why don't you give people a sense of North Star? Kind of tell us the story there a little bit of about your church. Sure, absolutely. We began like most church plants. We began as a church who wanted to reach people who didn't go to church. I mean, yes. that's sort of the the mantra of all church planters when mm-hmm. we're embarking on the journey. We're a little over 18 years old. Yep. When we started 18 years ago, there weren't a lot of guys out there doing it. But mm-hmm. one of the things was told to us early on by a guy named Steve Shogren mm-hmm. up at the Cincinnati Vineyard. Steve said, don't go to plant a church, go to reach a city. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, we really sort of bought that heart. Mm-hmm. And we made a commitment that nobody outside Ackworth, Kennesaw, Northwest Cobb County, Atlanta may know who we are, mm-hmm. but we're committed that everybody there does know who we are. Right. And we we chose to do it not through great guerrilla marketing and advertising. We chose to do it through serving, Mm -hmm. sort of a grassroots model of serving our community. And so it's something that we stuck with even before our first worship service, we started Mm -hmm. doing it. And it's become part of the culture of who we are. So in those early days, what did that look like? Even, you know, I kind of think like you say even before you started services or, um, you know, when, right when you were just starting out, what did it what did it first look like? And then obviously we'll kind of talk about where we are today. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, back then for all of us in church planning, you have no money. Right. So whatever <laughs> whatever you do, you got to have do it with zero cash. Yes. So we went to a local high school that we were going to be meeting in and just said they were having a big basket, a Christmas basketball tournament. I'll mm-hmm. never forget it. And we went and said, listen what's your biggest need during the tournament? And they said, we need somebody to run hospitality mm. for us, the hospitality room for coaches and, and officials and visiting teams. So we volunteered to run that. And that Fantastic. was how we got in. And they kept, at the end of it, I remember them going, why would you guys do that? And, and the answer was, well, you said you needed help. Right. And it began a relationship that goes on 18 years later that's much deeper and stronger now than running a Christmas basketball tournament. But it taught our people, we're not here for us. Mm -hmm. We really are here for other people. And this isn't something we're going to do once a year. It's going to be something we do all year, 365. Mm -hmm. Kind of keeping with that school example, how has your relationship, because I know it's grown and developed over the years, you know, how has that, you know, grown from something simple as, hey, we'll help run the hospitality room. How has that continued to develop over the years? That's a great question, Rich. It, it's developed in big ways. It mm-hmm. grows like a child. Mm-hmm. There's there's trust developed. There's friendship developed. Now, uh, for each of the schools, we do things with hospitality. We'll mm-hmm. go in during football season, which is big in Georgia on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. We go in and run concession stands so parents can go watch the game. Right. Usually it's the football player, cheerleaders, parents, band parents that are running the concessions. And they miss their kids' performance. We go in and say, look, we'll take care of that. 
you guys go enjoy the game. Man. And it's goodwill, it's friendships that are built. Mm-hmm. That to hosting special needs dances mm-hmm. for the local high school that we help raise resources with cookies and drinks and things like that uh, for the for the school. Mm-hmm. They have about 600 special needs students and wow. we help sponsor that dance and we feed all the special needs bus drivers hmm. to mentoring, to being on principal search committees, to uh, volunteering in classrooms and to having a dedicated student pastor at each campus, we call them tribe leaders, mm-hmm. that serve that campus. Mm-hmm. And rather than just saying we do a Bible study there, the school knows they can call that person as a person that can come in and come alongside to help them with events and projects and things going on. Mm-hmm. So whatever the school needs, like in a few weeks we'll be hosting a fifth grade carnival, because who works it? Fifth grade parents work it. Fifth grade parents wow. want to be with their kids. Right. So we provide all the volunteers to come in. We have the volunteers. Mm-hmm. They have the people in the community that may not go to church anywhere. Hmm. So it's a great it's a great bridge for us to go meet people. We don't hand out flyers, tracks. We are there with a smile on serving until somebody asks why. And when wow. they ask why, we get to give them a great answer. Hmm. Now, so this is the cynical side of me. And I, this is I, there's someone else thinking this. I don't actually think this. But why would you do all that? That's a that's an, a tremendous amount of, you know, external work. I know a lot of church leaders are listening and they're like, gosh, I'm having a hard time running weekend services. Um, you know, the thought of running fifth grade um, party at you know local middle school. I'm not sure I could do that. You know, why would you keep doing that? Obviously, I understand because we love Jesus. Right. But uh, but tactically or, or how outside of that, how you know, how have you seen that, you know, impact your ministry? Well, uh, I totally understand that. And we wonder the same thing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we would all fall on that boat. Yeah. I would say it's a strategy for us. Mm-hmm. And it's our strategy to reach our community. Mm-hmm. Everybody hits mailboxes with flyers. We've mm-hmm. got a church in every school mm-hmm. in Kennesaw, Ackworth, Northwest Cobb County. There's a church in every school. Right. So the question becomes, it's a Simon Sinek question or a, a thought. He said, what makes you remarkable? Mm-hmm. He said, the, the, his statement was, if you're not remarkable, you're invisible. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's our remarkable. It's what makes us stand out because we realize what most other church leaders realize. People don't get up on Sunday morning and go, yeah, I think we might try a new church today. Mm-hmm. They usually try a new church when their life hits a wall. Mm, that's so when their life hits the wall, we mm-hmm. want to be the church that they go, you know, I don't know much about them, but I know this. Yeah. I ran into them at the school. I ran into them at the ball field. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on, we had a guy that was a consultant with Coca-Cola meet mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. And he said the early strategy of Coca-Cola was within our, they called it war, within arm's reach. Wherever you go in the world, you run into a Coke product. You mm-hmm. run into a Coke machine, which is true. Yeah. He said to us, and this guy was not a believer. Mm-hmm. He said to us, he said, I would think, you would want to in this community be so well represented in every facet of the community. Whenever someone turned around, they ran into North Star. Mm-hmm. For us, we identified those areas as schools, mm-hmm. businesses, ball fields, local government. In those four areas, we wanted to throw a flag down and say, we're here until you need us, mm-hmm. but we're going to serve you until you do. And it's been a model. And and what we found out, Rich, and I think a lot of church leaders find out, you know, if you do a spiritual gift survey of your people, 
80% have the gift of helps and service. Mm, mm-hmm. And so for a lot of people, it unleashes them to do a method of evangelism. They're not going to do by going and knocking on somebody's door, and they're not going to do by handing out a track. Right. But they go and can serve somebody and love somebody. Now, the byproduct of that is you can't put on a gazillion church events. Right. You can't do something on your campus every day of the week. Right. It's got to be something that you say, we're committed to doing this, mm-hmm. and people love it. People mm-hmm. love it, and we love doing it. What does the structure of that look like? Like, how are you, how do you so um, you know? Let's say you're going to help with a, an event at the you know at the local school. Yep. Um, how do you actually structure you know getting volunteers and mobilizing them? You know, people can get a sense of what that looks like within their own church. But what does that look like when you're doing this kind of ministry? Sure, it's all pretty much. We'll, we'll advertise some of the bigger ones. We'll advertise right. in our services, mm-hmm. but a lot of the smaller things that we do during the week, is, for instance, we do special needs buddies. There's a local field called Horizon Field, and they do kickball and baseball mm-hmm. for special needs kids. We provide a set of buddies. We don't provide the whole thing, but we provide a set of buddies that go every week. We do all our signups online. Okay. So they're all on our website at northstarchurch.org, mm-hmm. and I believe it's slash community. Mm-hmm. And you can see, and so people go to our website, and they sign up there for all these different opportunities that we have, mm-hmm. and people sign up, volunteer, and there's a database that we have of volunteers mm-hmm. that our community staff will email saying, here's our events. If you're interested, go to the web and sign up. And sometimes we do it through small groups. Sometimes we do it through our student ministry, our children's ministry. So each one's a little different, yep. but they're all web-based. Everything's mm-hmm. based off that, and that's how people get signed up for it. Okay, very cool. Um, now, you had mentioned schools. I, I, I can see lots of opportunity there. You know, that, that one seems real straightforward to me. I can understand that. You also mentioned businesses and government. Yeah. Any other examples of how you're serving in those in domains? Sure. Yeah, we partnered just just recently. Our um, Ackworth Police Department, which is a neighboring city to us, mm-hmm. they were hosting a get together to open their new police station. Mm-hmm. Our mm-hmm. community pastor called them and said, "Listen, let North Star come in and celebrate with you, and we'll provide all the snacks and drinks mm-hmm. and man the hospitality tables as all the local officials come in." Mm-hmm. That was one way. Mm-hmm. We host the local business organization, the Ackworth Business Association. Mm-hmm. We host that on our campus. They do a lot, and we talked last time about leveraging your facilities. Yeah. yeah so right. we leverage facilities for them to meet. We'll also partner with them on local this weekend at a big festival in mm-hmm. downtown Kennesaw. Mm-hmm. We provide resources, and we'll provide people to go in and work with that and help mm-hmm. with that. So we, our goal, Rich, is to do whatever we can to make our communities the greatest place in the world to live. You know, Jeremiah said, if the city prospers— mm. We all prosper. And so more people move in. Mm -hmm. The school's test grades are better if Mm -hmm. we provide mentors, which Mm -hmm. means our community becomes more attractive for people to want to live in and serve in. So by doing that, I think it's a way that we can make everybody better. Yeah, part of what I want people to to kind of hear, um, just even on the tactical side, and we found this at Liquid. We do a number of community outreach um, events and you know, we over the years we've done a number of these renovations for community service organizations where we've gone in and in soup kitchens and um, 
you know, battered women's shelters and um, transitional housing. Um, and, and it's funny because I've, you know, I've joked internally. I'm like, it, there's like a team of people that have the gift of, you know, um, interior design. And they, you know, and then we, we kind of spend a weekend and do an ex- extreme home makeover there. And, it, and that's been incredible for us. Yep. And that skill, um, you know, we've transferred from kind of a bunch of different, you know, community service organizations and built up all kinds of goodwill. It's been fantastic. You know, and the interesting thing there is, is those, those volunteers, those group of people, they learn how to do that. They understand what that looks like. And then you could take that and move it to multiple locations. I, what Absolutely. I hear you guys saying, even on the hospitality side, which is, you know, a number of the things you've listed are like, well, we provide hospitality at this, at this, at this, at this, which is, is similar task. It's obviously different everywhere you go. It's similar though. Um, and so it becomes easier to replicate, easier to get people to plug into it. That's correct. That's yeah. it. And you unleash people. And here's the beautiful part for churches. Mm-hmm. It is a six, seven day a week reminder. It's right. not about us. Right. And it isn't about your four walls. It's easy to remember when you're in a school, but when you move into a building, yep. it's 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 easy to begin to think, well, they'll all come to us. Right. Really? Right. They're not right. supposed to come to us. We're supposed to go to them. And it's a way to do that. And we say, we don't want to be a part of the community. We want to be a part of the fabric. Mm-hmm. of the community that if we were gone we would be missed mm-hmm. our influence would be missed and mm-hmm. so that's how that's the route we've chosen to go mm-hmm. now you mentioned a couple times uh the community pastor T- tell me about that role because you have actually staff resources associated with this tell me about that's that. correct yeah we're so committed to it we said we're going to designate two full-time staff members that serve the community. And so one of them works, he also works in our men's ministry, Mm -hmm. but he works with government and uh, businesses and schools. Mm -hmm. So anything in that arena falls under him. We have another lady on our staff that works anything in the social end. Mm -hmm. So she works with the local social social organizations. Um, She works with local uh, foster, the Mm -hmm. DFAC system. Mm -hmm. We provide socks, and underwear, when a child gets taken into foster care, many times they're taken from their home. They don't have toiletry items. Right. They don't have socks. They don't have underwear. They don't have, they don't have the diapers. Right. We, do, we do a monthly big give as a church. One of my favorite things we do, mm-hmm. a monthly big give that supports one of those organizations. And so people can bring in socks and underwear one month. Right. And it goes to that DFACS organization or to foster care. Mm-hmm. And in the, the world that has opened to us. We didn't even, I, as a pastor, I didn't even know it was there. Right. I'm not the guy leading it. Right. We've got a whole other team of people leading it and coming up with the ideas. But what it's taught our people, for somebody who's never given a fin- financial resource to a church, they go shopping with their family to get toiletry items for Easter for local children. Well, they learn to give, and it's small, mm-hmm. but it teaches them to give. Absolutely. And then sometimes when that offering basket comes by or it's at the back door, they go, you know what? If I've given this and we didn't miss it, let's, let's begin to give another way. Yep. And and the goodwill that it's built in the community has been unbelievable. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've had um, other church leaders who, and, you know, I'm from Jersey, so you can sometimes be a little, uh, you know, you could be a little more forthright. Uh, I've had other church leaders kind of challenge and be like, gosh, why do you do that stuff? Why do you do community outreach? It's just a, you know, it's a waste or whatever. And I'll say, listen, I think it's what God calls us to do. I think the Bible's pretty clear on it, that we're called to serve the community. We're called, we're, we're not a, you know, we're supposed to go out and make an impact. 
But for a moment, and this is to other church leaders, for a moment, let's say you don't go there theologically, that for whatever reason, you're, you really are in the, in the belief that no, everyone should just come to us. Put this in the same category as like fancy lights and good music, because it literally builds bridges to the community. It literally is one of those things. It's like, you know, whatever they, you know, like seeker services in the 80s. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that engages the community at a level that you can't, um, you know, you ju there's just no other way to get that. The reality of it is that, um, you know, people aren't, the most people in our communities aren't waking up this weekend and saying, I wonder what they're talking about at our church this weekend. They're just not that, thinking that. That's exactly right. <laughs> and here's the, here's the other hard part for all of us. Yep. When we started in 97, mm -hmm. we were very unique. We right. were contemporary worship style. We were meeting yep. in a school. Mm -hmm. There's nothing unique about that anymore. Right. In <laughs> fact, true. the reality is 98% of the churches you walk into mm -hmm. are going to look very similar. Either right. they're going to be a more traditional model, yep. or they're going to be the more contemporary, current, right. new model. Right. But outside that, they look alike. Right. So really the question becomes, what do we do to look different? Mm -hmm. And not only what do we do to look different, what are we doing to make an impact? If we were to disappear tomorrow, would anybody even right. notice right. besides our church members? Right. And for a lot of us, the reality is nobody would ever know we're gone. Right. We just, we just closed shop our influence was never there anyways. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had a, a friend of years ago who said, um, I was asking him, you know, what, what's your vision for the church and, and what would you, how would you know you're making an impact in the community? They were a multi-site church. And he said, you know what would be amazing is he said, it would be incredible if when we announced we were opening a new campus in that location, if the property values in that community went up, because the community recognized when that church is there, it, it makes such a, a big difference. And I was like, wow, that's a huge a vision. That's a huge yep. vision, um, you know, for us to be uh, to be thinking about. Well, anything else about kind of engaging uh, our community before we kind of wrap up for the day? This has been incredible conversation. Anything else we should be thinking about as we kind of embark on this? Well, I would just I would just challenge people to start small. If you've mm -hmm. never done it, mm -hmm. start small and start by your church. Mm -hmm. I have yet to meet a group that says no when you go offer to help. Mm -hmm. That's very and, true. And I've heard people say, well, we're an older church and our our seniors won't like that. What we have found, mm -hmm. our greatest volunteers, and we don't have tons of them because of mm -hmm. the style church we are, mm -hmm. but the one, our best volunteers are those people right. because they have time. Mm -hmm. They've retired and they've, they've created, we've got a guy he got saved at 62 nice. and unbelievable story behind this guy. Mm -hmm. But he began a ministry called hog and okay. it's helping one guy. Okay. So they'll identify a man in the community that's through cancer, lost his job. They've lost a loved one and he'll put on a dinner in their honor mm. and all the money that comes into that dinner. He'll charge everybody a donation of $10. Mm -hmm. They'll give somebody at the end of the night $1,500. Wow. And so cool. say, we just wanted to do this to let you know God loves you. you. North Star loves you. Mm -hmm. And that's a guy who is all about, I mean, he lives, eats, and breathes. Anytime we're doing something, he's got time now. Right. He didn't have 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I believe for the young couple and the mom who's wanting to teach her kids things mm -hmm. to a student needing to learn to a senior there's an opportunity for everybody to go. It's not about me. We, we say this all the time, Rich, and I'll finish with this. Mm -hmm. the, I believe the greatest definition, definition of spiritual maturity mm -hmm. is others. Mm. When we begin to see life's not about us, mm. when we so begin true. to see 
that it's not about what I know and it's not about how saved I am, which I'm saved. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to heaven. That's secure. Mm-hmm. Everything from here isn't about me. Mm-hmm. It really is about serving somebody who doesn't know yet. Mm-hmm. And if that serving opens a door, which it has for us, why not do it? Absolutely. Well, this has been great. Um, you know, encouragement even to start real small with what you had said. Right. You know, go to the local school board. You know, maybe get, try to get a mayor, meeting with your mayor and say, you know, what can we do to serve? How can we help? That's right. um, and and literally come with open hands and say, hey, we're willing to do whatever you know, whatever you need done. Um, and you'll be amazed at what'll what'll take place uh, in your community. Mike, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, you know, we've, we're out of time, unfortunately. Uh, but if people want to get in touch with you or with Northridge, uh, how, or sorry, Northridge, North Star, uh, <laughs> how could they uh, do that? Man, they can always go to our web, northstarchurch.org, mm-hmm. or they can email me directly, Rich, at mike.lynch, L-I-N-C-H, at northstarchurch.org. Dot org or on Twitter at, at Mike Lynch, L-I-N-C-H. Great. Thanks so much, Mike. I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you, Rich. Have a great day, buddy. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.